Hey everyone, Stella Campbell here, professional cricketer with the Sydney Sixers and the New South Wales Breakers. I just finished a chat with Harper from the Where Do We Begin podcast and it was a lot of fun and a lot of laughs. So make sure you tune in if you want to learn a little bit more about me. Thanks guys. Got her, there's the edge. Campbell into the attack. Draws the false shot from Bardia, who didn't get behind the line of it. And the youngster picks her, picks up her first test wicket. What a moment for Stella Campbell. Stella Campbell. Got it! Got it! Got it! Got it! Got it! The youngster picks up her first test wicket. What a moment. Hello, guys. Before we get into this really, really good, really funny chat with Stella Campbell, I thought I should just let you know that uh, Lockie, uh, he's been affected by the power outages in Victoria over the last couple of days. So he wasn't present for this interview, unfortunately. He just could not make it. Could not happen. And something else that's happened, which is very, very exciting, very, very important to let you know that we have launched a website, wheredowebegin.com.au. That simple, wheredowebegin.com.au. It's got all our old episodes, it's got videos, it's got articles, it's got stuff you've never seen before, and it's that easy to access. Wheredowebegin.com.au. You can read stuff, listen to stuff, watch stuff, comment on stuff, support us, contact us, whatever you'd like to do, wheredowebegin.com.au. Here's Stella. Hey, uh, Stella, I reckon this might just about be the most uh, highly anticipated, most long-awaited podcast in Where Do We Begin History, I reckon. I'm really looking forward, really excited to have you on. So thank you very much for joining me this evening. Yeah, no worries. I'm really excited too. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, hope so. And uh, I'll just say, put your mind a bit of pressure straight off the bat. Uh, last time we spoke, we chatted about a bit of a global social media superstar, global social media sensation, Maitland Brown. And we also spoke about someone who wishes she was Maitland Brown, Dixie D'Amelio. And I told you that uh, your nickname on Wikipedia is the Aussie Dixie, recurring, uh, referring sorry to Miss D'Amelio, of course. And But you had no idea that was your nickname or anything like that. No, I had no idea that was on your Wikipedia page. Who put it up there? So my question for you to start, have you done any investigating in the last couple of weeks and found out who's put that up there? Um, I Yeah, so I didn't actually know that that was a thing. Um, but yeah, obviously, after we straight after we spoke, I straight went to Wikipedia and had a look and it was there and um, I was quite shocked. Um, and then I actually went um, to to my TikTok and actually saw that someone had commented it. So um, that was a bit of a shock. Um, but, yeah, look, uh, I'll take it. It's very flattering for me, but um, it's quite funny. <laughs> uh, if you were to put your actual nickname in there, what would it be? Or what, what, what's a nickname that you'd like to have on there? Uh, oh, look, I'm pretty simple. I haven't had too many nicknames. Um, I sort of occasionally can be called Stell or something just short like that but um yeah I haven't really had too many too many nicknames that have stuck yet there's a few floating around but um yeah look I'm, I'm simple I'll take take a simple nickname yeah yeah don't mind that at all and like you said probably don't mind uh being called the Aussie Dixie quite quite flattering uh but 
let's talk about cricket now, uh, get into the cricket side of things. So the WBBL this season, uh, I think you're kind of just under halfway through, but you, of course, being with the Aussie team uh, before that, you've been on the road for, what, like two months now or something? You're not going to be home till late November, I think, the WBBL ends. So uh, are you kind of missing home yet? How's it all going for you? Uh, Yeah, so I think we've been on the road for just over nine weeks now. So that's the longest time I've been away from home. So I am missing it a bit. But um, yeah, look, I I wouldn't really want to be anywhere else at the moment. Um, Yeah, I'm really enjoying my cricket and I'm really enjoying the WBBL. As you said, we're almost halfway done now. Obviously, you know, we're looking to get back back into the winning streak but um yeah look I'm having a lot of fun and I'm not not missing to home too much yet and and we're in Perth at the moment and, it, and it's really cool here I really enjoy Perth so yeah look it's a lot of fun and I'm yeah very lucky I guess to be able to do what I do yeah I think they're uh, loving life out in Perth at the moment COVID free for a long long time but uh have you ever been like ever been away for this long two months or so no, yeah. So this is the longest I've been away from home. I think before before this, it would have only been maybe four weeks. Um, so, yeah, this is the longest stint, um, and I'm missing, yeah, I guess my friends and family. But um, yeah, look, like I said, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. So well, when you get back to Sydney, what do you reckon the the first place you're going to is? So you like go out with family or friends? Is there a place that you kind of frequent? Uh, obviously, being overage now, where where do you usually go? Um, yeah, look, I actually thought about this the other day, and um, well, the first place I'm going to go is definitely the beach. Um, I'm a Northern Beaches girl, and um, I'm missing Newport Beach so much. So um, I think, you know, nice weather, I'll be straight at the beach. But um, yeah, look, other than that, maybe out to a restaurant with a couple of friends, but um, yeah, pretty low key. Uh, any particular restaurant that you'd recommend if uh, any of the listeners get up to the Northern Beaches one day? Um, yeah, look, um, I really enjoy the Newport. Um, it's a, a hotel just sort of near my house actually, but, um, yeah, I really enjoy that. That's a nice spot on the water. Yeah. Okay. That's nice. I, I might, I'm veering off a bit here. I might get back into the cricket. Uh, <laughs> I think the six is, uh, seventh now, but, uh, two, two and three, I think from six games. And I think you're only like one win off second, uh, at time of recording, which is Saturday night. What's the what's the mood in the group like at the moment? How's everyone feeling? Um, yeah, look, obviously losing isn't isn't the best, and it's it's pretty tough. But um, ultimately, I think you know we're only sort of one good performance away from coming up and and really taking it on the competition. So I think you know we've just got to look to put our best performance out in the park, and I think you know that's going to put us in really good stead. And it's just that one performance that we need to get us up up the table. So yeah, look, obviously the loss is tough, but um, yeah, look, I think the girls are all pretty happy, and we're we're pretty keen to to get out there tomorrow again and, and, and put our chances out there to, to get up the table. So what have been the things that you've kind of been focusing on in training to improve for the team to improve their game? Um, I think just trying to face different attacks where sort of with our batting, we're going to be put up against a lot of different attacks, pace, spin um, and medium pace as well. And that's sort of what we dedicated most of our training to last week. Um, So that's sort of the big thing for this weekend. But yeah, look, I think consistency across all three areas of the game is going to help us win. And yeah, we really just need to nail all those three areas to put on a good performance. Yeah, yeah, totally. Are are you still kind of aiming internally to 
reach a grand final or winning the whole thing? What's their kind of goal, their outlook at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, I remember speaking with Maitland actually about it um, before the competition even started, how much we both want to win. So that's definitely still there and, and the drive is still there and we really want to, you know, work work really hard so we can do that because, um, yeah, obviously, you know, you want to achieve your goals. So we're going to do absolutely everything we can, I think, to, to achieve that. Yeah, okay. And might just go kind of off the BBL just for a sec, off the WBBL. And uh, you mentioned you're from the Northern Beaches. What's the kind of cricket scene uh, like around there? Did you have to travel too far to go to your local club playing at a young age? Uh, Yeah, so I started off playing just with the boys um, up on the North Shore. um, And that was just because I I found a friend um, who sort of played in the club up there. And that was sort of traveling all around the North Shore, which wasn't too far. um, And then I moved the next year down to the Northern Beaches Club, which um, were, was another boys team. Um, so, yeah, I was I didn't have to sort of travel too far to play cricket. Um, but, yeah, there weren't too many girls teams around when I was when I was growing up. So I was sort of forced to play with the boys, which, um, yeah, I actually didn't mind. And I had a lot of fun when I played with them. So, um, yeah, there's obviously a lot more cricket, especially on the Northern Beaches. I know they're doing a lot of work down there to, to get the girls cricket up and firing and they've got a good competition going now so it's yeah very exciting yeah I imagine you would have been a pretty intimidating presence in the attack there for against all the boys but uh when was the first time you started playing with girls was it like at state level or when was that um I think I played my first sort of game when I was maybe 13 or 12 um I played in my primary school knockout team and that's sort of where I first started cricket and that was a girls team so um that was obviously in school but um yeah look that was, I sort of wasn't really different for me when I was a kid playing against girls and boys. I was just playing cricket. It wasn't sort of, it didn't really matter who I was playing against. Um, obviously, you know, as, as you get older, boys, you know, bowl faster, they hit the ball harder, but um, it's sort of at that younger age, it's sort of really even and it's really cool to have that competition. So it's sort of, yeah, it didn't really matter to me whether I was playing with the boys or the girls. I was just happy to be out there playing cricket. So uh, I imagine it's a, uh, kind of uh you you must like obviously you love the game and you've got to absolutely love the game to play with uh boys when you're a little kid this whole kind of boy girls boy germs girl germs type thing Uh, (laughs) they don't like mixing when they're about 10 years old um but uh did did you have like girl mates who kind of helped you get into it or anything like that or why did you start getting into it yeah um i purely picked up cricket I guess my sister likes to take credit she just lined up for the knockout team um you know a few years ahead of me and I sort of just signed up I guess following in her footsteps I pretty much just played every sport that I could um so that's sort of why I started um but yeah I guess from there I just sort of yeah progressed and really enjoyed it like you said you know it's it's a sport that you have to enjoy and and I really did so um, I'm not sure why I enjoyed it so much. I think just because it was different. Um, but yeah, look, I, I had a lot of fun when I was playing and yeah, whether it was with the boys or the girls, I just, you know, wanted to be out there playing cricket. What's your sister's name? My sister's name's Casey. Yeah, she's she's 21. So she's a few years older than me. Um, she doesn't play anymore. She 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 stopped fairly early. She didn't enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, well, big shout out to Casey for helping create this uh, absolute superstar of Australian cricket, if she's listening. So, uh, hello, Casey. But uh, 
we uh, do you remember the first time that you kind of went interstate to play, uh, maybe with the state team or on any other kind of tour? Yeah, so it would have been probably under 15s. Um, I was playing with the New South Wales team um, and that was, yeah, it was really cool. Um, national championships and training for that kind of tournament is so much fun. And um, yes, I have so many positive memories of being away and traveling, traveling to play cricket. I sort of thought like when I was younger, I would never have thought I would be doing that. Um, so yeah, to travel interstate, um, you know, not have to pay for anything you know, all these, um, fun, exciting things that I was being able to do was, yeah, it was so cool. And yeah, to think that, you know, a few years down the track, I would be doing that as a job, um, is very cool and something, yeah, I never really thought I would ever be able to do. Campbell on strike. Scores a level. One needed. Surely Silver Holmes has to be ready to scamper through. Vacuera. Bowls. Campbell's whipped that through the leg side and that's going to run away for four. And that's victory to the breakers off the final delivery of the day by just one wicket. What a thriller here at North Sydney Oval. The breakers win. Tasmania have put up a gallant fight, but Brit, what a game of cricket. What a game in just her fifth game for New South Wales. Stella Campbell has hit a four to win the match. They just needed one. Wow, my heart was <laughs> pumping so hard for that. Yeah, I imagine there'd be a bit of a pep in your step walking into school just uh, when you've come back from a tour, a bit, a bit of swagger about you. Uh, how did your your schoolmates treat you when you came back from a tour um, and got back to school? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they they sort of, I think a few years ago, they didn't really understand, you know, what I was actually doing and sort of cricket and they didn't really enjoy it. But um, yeah, as I've gotten older, um, they've really embraced it and they've really embraced me being a cricketer and they support me 100% in everything that I do. So I'm very lucky to have close friends who, who love cricket now and love me playing cricket and watching Um but yeah, they definitely embraced me um, being a cricketer. It's quite quite funny um, to yeah walk into school and have them sort of celebrate me. But um, yeah, look, I'm very lucky to have the close friends that I do. So, did you still have to kind of do schoolwork virtually when you're out on tour, like we've been having to do in the last couple of years? Um, yeah, I I did do a bit of I did online school. I did everything normal. Um, I guess the biggest difference for me was probably my HSC last year. I was actually living in the WBBL hub, so I was sort of being shipped off to my um, exams privately, doing them in a separate room um, wow. to everyone else. Um, so that was quite a unique experience. But um, other than that, I experienced school as every other kid. I just probably had a few more days away from the classroom. Well, what's your mentality like going into those exams when you're playing WBBL? Are you attacking those uh, exams like you attack the wicket hard and fast or are you kind of putting them to one side because you know you might have a bit of a career in cricket over the next decade or so? Uh, oh, yeah. Look, I wouldn't say putting them to the side. Um, I, I really enjoyed school and I wanted to do well. So I I wanted to you know do my best and try as hard as I could in, in school. Obviously, it was hard having the WBBL on at the same time. Um, it's, you know, very hard to balance both, but I really wanted to prioritise both at that time. So, yeah, I didn't necessarily put one to the side, but, um, yeah, look, cricket at the time, I, I knew I loved it and I wanted to do well in cricket. So it was hard at times to prioritise study and, and focusing on school, but um, I tried my best to, to do that. And, yeah, look, it, it paid off in the end, um, you know, in both aspects, I think. 
Yeah, I imagine a fair few of your mates at school are probably like stacking shelves or waiting tables or something like that when they're kind of a uh, kind of older teenager. Did you, did you have to like juggle a casual job on the side like that at any point, uh, or have you just, your only job ever been cricket? Yeah, so actually, I wouldn't call it a normal job, but um, I did for about two years. I did um, paper delivery um, just around a few local streets around my house. Um, so that's sort of the only other job that I've really ever experienced. Um, but I feel like I've sort of lived through um, my friends' jobs. They sort of tell me all the stories and tell me how their shifts go. So I feel like I've I've lived my um, casual working career through then. Yeah, it's it's not something you really miss out on. I think to be honest, uh, kind of working as a fifteen year old, stacking shelves and that kind of thing. It's not it's not the funnest time ever. And I imagine uh, like being a professional cricketer probably pays a bit better than uh, delivering the papers. <laughs> yeah, look, oh, sometimes I think I wish I had a casual job just working in a cafe or something like that. I feel like that would be a lot of fun and I a lot of my friends work together, so they they have fun um at their working at their jobs. So um yeah, look, it might be something I've missed out on, but um yeah, look, who knows, I might do it down the track as well. Yeah, I think last time we spoke about you wanted to go into it was like business management or something like that or hospitality. Yeah, I'm studying event management, so um, that's sort of something I've got my eye on for the future, I think. Yeah, okay, awesome. So what what kind of stuff is involved with that if you see yourself doing that post-cricket or anything like that? Yeah, um, so at the moment, I've only sort of recently started, so it's kind of still up in the air what I'm actually going to do, but um, I think, you know, I, I had a little vision when we were on the Gold Coast of owning a hotel or something and running all their events that they have there um, because I, I witnessed that. So that's sort of very in the long future, but um, yeah, it looks something like that. I'm not too sure. I'm just, yeah, looking to get through this course first and we'll go from there. How many years you've got left in your course? Uh, it's only two years, so it's it's short. Um, and sort of, yeah, I guess after that, I'll try and get some work experience, whether that's internships or um, work practice, something like that. Um, yeah, just get me moving, get some experience, and then yeah, see what see what happens in the future. Yeah, fair enough. I know, I know there have been some calls to make this an event management podcast, but I probably should get back onto the sport as that's, uh, that's what we're all about here. So you're obviously kind of gun from a young age. I think debuted at state level and BBL level when you were like 17 or something. Does it take a while to get used to hanging around older people, like 30 plus year olds who could probably be your mum? Uh, when, you, when did that kind of thing set in for you? When did you get used to being around all those types of people, if you have already? Um, yeah, I sort of feel like in cricket, it's sort of been like age hasn't really mattered for me. Um, especially when I was younger, I sort of, I just saw the girls as my teammates. I didn't really know or care for what how old they were. Um, as I've gotten older, sort of age has you know, I've sort of started to notice it a bit more. But, yeah, look, I think, you know, off the field we all get on um, really well and it sort of hasn't been something that I've had to really adjust to. It's kind of just like your teammates and your mates and you can just get on. So it's hasn't really been something that has affected me or, you know, anything that I've really had to worry about too much. It's, yeah, kind of just been, you know, we're mates. Yeah, and when you get called up for Australia the first time, again, you told me last time that you almost forgot the camp, uh, that the tour was happening. Uh, but how did you find out, I think it was uh, last month in September, that you got that call up? 
Yeah. Um, so I was, I would think I was on a walk with my, my best friend at the time. And, um, yeah, I, I missed the call actually. And I saw his, um, name pop up the selector's name on my phone that I'd missed a call from him. And I sort of thought, why, why am I getting a call from him in at this time of year? That doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and then, yeah, I guess uh, when I rang him, he, he told me about the tour and, you know, that I'd been selected and I, I was just in shock completely. Um, and yeah, I went in the car and, and I told my friend and we both just started bawling our eyes out. It was a really special moment, actually. It was really nice that I was with her. Um, but yeah, it was definitely a big shock. Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I kind of didn't put that tour in my mind at all. So it was, yeah, really cool to be selected. How'd you, how did you tell your parents? Um, I think, I think I told them, I may have FaceTimed them as well, um, pretty much straight after I'd, I'd finished. Um, yeah, I wanted to kind of tell them instantly. Um, so yeah, I, I think I FaceTimed my mum um, straight away and, and she was at work, so she couldn't fully show emotion. Um, but she was obviously really proud and really happy. And then, um, I think I might have actually driven to where my dad was working um, and told him in person because he's been kind of my my cricketing you know role model and idol um, and my probably my biggest supporter. So I wanted to tell him in person, um, and I think he didn't believe me either. <laughs> I think he may have started crying as well. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me about your dad's cricket career. Was he just like a bit of a local legend type player, or what level did he play at? Um, no, he, he didn't really play cricket actually. Um, he's sort of just been my, my, my role model, I guess, in life. Um, not particularly cricket. Um, but yeah, he kind of, I don't know. He's a cricket tragic. He loves it now. Um, but yeah, he didn't really play professionally or anything. I kind of just, I guess, looked up to him because of how much he loves it and how much he's really passionate about the sport. Yeah, you called him your role model in life, though. What what makes him such a obviously our dads are almost all special to almost all of us. But what makes him such a special guy, old Mister Campbell? Um, yeah. Look, he's yeah, like I said, he's just so passionate and he's so outgoing and positive and friendly. And I think he's quite well known amongst the cricket group now. Um, everyone sort of knows, you know, Jimmy. He loves to get around it occasionally. I will admit, he has worn. Um, my playing kit to games um so yeah like I said he's very passionate but um yeah look I think he's just you know he's been a role model for mine just because of you know how he goes about his life and how positive and how much support he has shown me um I've been yeah really lucky to have him and yeah very grateful to have had his support would I be right in saying that he's kind of the the kind of supporting father that would be tuning into his daughter's podcast um, he potentially will. I'm not sure if he knows how to work a podcast or how to get that <laughs> up and running. I might have to tell him, but, um, yeah, look, he'll probably find a way. Well, again, what's his name? I'll give him a bit of a shout out. His name's James, but you can call him Jimmy as well. Okay. Well, big shout out to Jimmy if he's listening. If he gets the, uh, iPhone up and running, works out how to up, uh, load up Apple podcasts, but, Let's get back onto the cricket again. I keep saying this. Let's get back onto the proper <laughs> cricket stuff. Uh, you, you're coming into the Australian camp uh, in around September, like I said before. Who, who's that first person or first few people that you're kind of drawn to straight away you start hanging out with? Because I imagine it's a pretty intimidating environment at first. Yeah, um, it was. I was very scared and nervous uh, the first few days to be around sort of 
that group it's you know it's been my dream obviously to be a part of so yeah being there was a bit nerve-wracking but um, I was really fortunate to have Maitland and and Hannah Darlington my two sort of really good mates at the time were there with me and I was so grateful to have them because I think we spent most days together Um, so I was really lucky to have them together and yeah it was a lot of fun being with them so um, they was probably the two that I hung out the most with. If we're talking like the kind of top shelf players here, like yeah, kind of uh, Elise Perry and uh, Alyssa Healy, those types, d- do they kind of hang out with everyone, or are they a bit? They feel like they're a bit above the rest. They stick to themselves. Oh, they no, they're definitely not above everyone. Um, but yeah, look, I guess everyone's sort of, you know, in that group, they know who they are and they know who they hang out with. They've all got their their groups, so it's yeah, you kind of just slot in where you can, but um. Yeah, look, everyone's really friendly and I really felt really welcomed when I came into that group. So it was, yeah, it was really special. Yeah, that's awesome. Definitely does kind of look like that from an outsider's point of view. But uh, talking about the cricket games themselves, I think you sat out the first two uh, ODIs of that uh, series against India. Did you expect to come into that third one like you did or was it a complete shock to you again? Yeah, I... We sort of had our role clarity meetings beforehand and um, sort of my role sort of, I guess they told me, you know, we would potentially be selecting you for the test match. So I sort of had the T20s and the ODIs, you know, completely out of my mind. Obviously, I was training and I was looking to impress and hopefully be selected. But, um, yeah, I did not expect to be selected at all for those games. Um, it was definitely a big shock. Um, so it was, it was cool, but, yeah, I did not expect to play at all. On the morning of the de- that debut game, what's running through your head? Um, yeah, I was quite nervous, um, but obviously I, I think it was more excitement. You know, I'd, there was a pretty cool phone call to receive. So, um, yeah, to be able to be a part of it all and, and get that phone call, um, yeah, it made the next morning super exciting. And, yeah, I was just really keen to run out there and, and be a part of it all, really. I hope the first person you got in touch with was uh, Jimmy Campbell. <laughs> it was. Okay, good. Definitely, good, good. yeah. I had to <laughs> prioritise that FaceTime call to tell him. <laughs> Did he get a bit emotional in that one? Uh, he definitely cried again, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about the game itself, though, now. Uh, how do you reckon you performed overall? Do you reckon the nerves kind of got the better of you or you played your natural game and felt comfortable at that high, high level? Uh, yeah, look, obviously I was very nervous, um, and I sort of didn't really know sort of where I could fit in, but, um, yeah, look, ultimately I think I had, you know, so much fun out there. It was, yeah, it was crazy. It was so cool. Um, and I really did enjoy myself. Um, yeah, obviously I think I was pretty lucky to get the wicket that I did. Um, I think Molly Strano, um, caught it diving in from the boundary. Unreal catch. Stella Campbell. She's dictating. Going aerial, a chance, a take, that's an outstanding catch in the outfield by Molly Strano. The substitute fielder's taken a blinder. So I was pretty lucky to get that, but other than that, look, I just had so much fun being out there. Um, I didn't really care or I wasn't too worried of if I performed badly or not. I just, you know, I wanted to do what I could to help the team win. Obviously, we couldn't do that, but um, yeah, look, I had a lot of fun. Did you have any idea that you were going to be making a test debut a few days later? 
yeah, that was a, another shock. Um, obviously, you know, they had told me prior that, you know, we would potentially be selecting me. So, um, I sort of, you know, I was ready to go if, if I needed to, but, um, at the same time, you know, it, it doesn't really sort of match up when you get that phone call that's telling you you're going to play. Um, and yeah, to receive that baggy green is, is so special. And it's something that, you know, I'll never forget in a, a, a few days that, um, were very surreal and went very quick, but, um, yeah, look at the same time I had so much fun again and, and it was so cool to be involved in, you know, that test mark test match it was pretty historic game so um very lucky to be involved in that one yeah before that game though a man who's in the uae at the moment playing for australia in their t20 world cup presented you with your baggy green of course mitch stark i know you've started to come out of your shell keep asking questions keep learning from this fantastic group that it's awesome to be around and be a part of there's a wealth of experience um, i'm sure it's going to be a a whirlwind week um, try and take it all in as I said keep trying to learn from this group ask questions I'm sure everyone who's been a part of your journey so far is extremely proud of, of what you've achieved over this short space of time uh, with the green and gold uh, it's no doubt it'll be a, another big week for you uh, enjoy the journey of all the ups and downs that it might bring but uh, today you're now cap 178 and you'll always be an Australian test cricketer. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to welcome another fast bowler to the test cartel. How was that? Um, yeah, that was unreal. Um, I'd sort of spoken to him a few days prior about sort of the pink ball and if he had any advice or anything like that. So, um, yeah, for him to present me um, my baggy green a few days later was an unreal moment and you know he said some really special things and really nice words and a lot of encouragement um so yeah to receive that from from someone like him who's just you know an outstanding person um and an outstanding role model as well for young people um young cricketers across the country it was very cool and um yeah again really fortunate to have received that from him yeah, I know he's in that camp, but he must be a super like open, friendly guy for nineteen-year-old Stella Campbell just to go up to him and ask for a bit of bowling advice. Yeah, absolutely. He's, um, I think, he's one of the nicest people um, off the cricket field um, out there, and I think a lot of people will agree with me there that he's just, yeah, an outstanding person, um, and he's just got time for everyone. So, um, yeah, no question was a silly question to him, um, and he was always willing to answer anything. Yeah, what, what kind of things do you tell you? Any kind of cricket tactical advice that uh, you can let the listeners in on from Mitch Stark? Um, oh, look, not not too much. Look, he just sort of, you know, wanted um, to give me some advice potentially about the test match and the strategy that goes into that and the pink ball as well. Obviously, that was all all new to me. I hadn't sort of played anything longer than two-day cricket and I hadn't played with the pink ball. So um, all new things that I, I was able to learn um, – off him as well so you know he he said a few things but um mostly yeah it was just encouragement like I said he was just you know super happy for me and and just wanted me to go out there and play my natural game man the advice probably went all right if you you got a couple of wickets wickets in that game so probably didn't go too bad (laughs) yeah I think um I think I was I don't know I think I was probably pretty lucky with those wickets again oh um, come on the come rain on. No, sort of all, got a hold all of skill. us no luck there you make your own luck uh yeah look I'll, I'll take it um it was a really cool moment um and um yeah I'll probably again never forget it 
attack, draws the false shot from Bayer, who didn't get behind the line of it, and the youngster picks her, picks up her first test wicket. What a moment for Stella Campbell. Absolutely awesome. But with the bat, though, uh, you did get time to bat in the second innings, but in the first innings, you faced one ball and it, it kind of looked like the game was petering out a bit. It looked like it was going to be a draw. Maybe India had the upper hand slightly, so no one thought that Australia was de- going to declare. But then uh, Meg Lanning declares after you faced one ball. How, how do you feel <laughs> when that <laughs> surprise gets sprung um, <laughs> I I said fair enough. I would want me off that pitch too. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I probably should have said to her thank you after. But, um, yeah, oh, no, look, it, it was a lot of fun actually to go out there and, and just pad up and wear white, whites and white pads. It was all something, you know, I hadn't done since junior cricket. So, yeah, being out there batting in a test match was um, – something that was really cool and something I may not get the chance to do ever again. So, um, yeah, look, I, I just took it up on me. I was very nervous on the sidelines. I don't think I spoke to anyone. I couldn't even look at anyone. I just watched every ball with intent. Um, and then, yeah, obviously when I walked out there, the heart was racing, but, um, yeah, I think got hit on the pads on the first ball and then Meg was like, yeah, we need to get her off. So we declared, um, which is quite funny. Yeah, and I bet your old man, Jimmy, back in the northern beaches, is very proud of uh, Stella for not being dismissed, playing in a test match and not being dismissed. I bet he's bragging to all his mates about that one. Uh, yeah, I think he, what did he say? Oh, he might have jokingly said something about red ink um, in a test match. Um, I think I've gotten that from a few people, actually, um, which is quite funny. Um, yeah, I guess I'll take it. Um, no average yet, but uh, that's not to worry. <laughs> Oh, yeah, love that. And a bit of a kind of debate that's been swirling around in regards to women's cricket, uh, the, the length of the test matches. Do you reckon four days or five days? What's your kind of preferred option there? Uh, yeah, look, for the moment, I think we're we're happy with four days. Obviously, in the future, I would love to have five days. You know, that's more cricket and, you know, more time, especially for washouts. You know, we had a day of rain there. We pretty much lost a day. Essentially, we played a three-day test match, um, which is definitely pretty hard to take 20 wickets in three days. So, um, ultimately, I think in the next few years, if we can get five days, that'd be awesome. Um, and I think, you know, we're on the right path to do that. But, um, yeah, for the moment, four days is where we're at. So um, we'll keep doing that and keep working to to win as many as we can. Um, but yeah, look, in essentially in five in a few years, sorry, I think it'll be really cool to have five days. Yeah, uh, for all of us who love cricket, it's going to be very exciting when uh, five days. Uh, gets put into women's test matches and I think it will be quite annoying for the people who don't like cricket for their mates to be sitting on the couch for five days instead of four. Uh, but you've done, you've done a fair bit of media uh, in the last couple of months or so with all this Australian stuff and kind of shooting up and becoming a uh, like an absolute prodigy, really. And I think uh, your coach, the Aussie coach, Matthew Mott, he said he was very excited about you after that test match. And uh, you don't know this, no one knows this, but Lisa Stalaker told me that she was very excited about you as well, the former Aussie captain. To be honest, she came in and, and looked strong at the crease and bowled with some good heat and um, the exciting thing is that she's, you know, got another few years of development and getting stronger and understanding her skills so she's only going to get better. Hey, have you kind of felt the pressure too much from the media or are you taking it in stride more? 
Oh, thanks. That's very flattering for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, look, I don't really like to read into the media too much. I think, you know, occasionally it's not always going to be positive. So, um, you know, when it's when it's not going too well, I don't really want to get caught up in it too much. Um, obviously, you know, when you are doing well, it's nice to, to read things that are, you know, positive and uplifting for, for you. But, um, yeah, look, I, I tend to sort of try and stay away from it as much as I can um, just because I know it, it can be harmful but um, yeah obviously also it's it's really positive when you're doing well but um, yeah look those are those are nice things that those people have said and um, yeah look as I said very flattering for me. In, in terms of playing test cricket what's the step up like from state cricket and even WBBL how much higher is the level and how much more kind of nerve-wracking is it I suppose? Uh, yeah, look, it's obviously a big step up. Um, yeah, international cricket is probably, you know, the, the peak of the, of the pyramid. Um, so it's, you know, very, very much up there. Um, but, um, yeah, look, I said, it's a lot of fun and, and I really enjoyed it. So, um, I guess, yeah, you, you kind of just immerse yourself in the environment. You're able to sort of just do the best you can. Um, but yeah, look, it's it's definitely a step up and the nerves are definitely increased but um yeah look it's a lot of fun yeah i spoke about the kind of media praise that you got before but in your own eyes in your own view what's kind of made you a player who's so young has debuted for the australian team and what are your real strengths as a player um yeah look i guess my sort of advantage is my height that's sort of something i guess that's made me stand out from the others um it's you know you, there's not many, too many six foot one uh, female fast bowlers out there, so that's probably been my main advantage um, my career, uh, which is something I've taken in my stride now. I think you know I used to probably not enjoy it as much, um, but now it's sort of just yeah part of who I am. So that probably puts me you know uh, away from the others, um, but. Yeah, look, I guess I just like to run in and be an attacking fast bowler and, you know, sometimes it doesn't pay off, but uh, when it does, you know, it's it's really enjoyable. Yeah, what do you kind of want to focus on in the next few years or so in this massive period uh, of importance for your development? What do you really want to add to your game and strengthen? Yeah, um, I guess I sort of just want to bring about some more consistency. I want to, you know, really be able to, you know, be a threatening bowler and be someone that, you know, batters don't want to face. Um, you know, there's a few of those already in our game. So um, if I can sort of, yeah, work on that consistency and work on being someone that's really tough to score off, um, I think that'll, you know, help me a lot and, and be really good for me and, and hopefully help the teams as well that I play in. Yeah, I've got a uh, we're coming towards the end before we get to our fun little final segment. I've got a couple of kind, of kind of deep questions now. I'm not sure if you've even thought about this before. What, what do you want to what What do you want to have achieved by the end of your career? Hopefully, it will be a long and prosperous career. But what do you want to have targets? Do you want to have hit by then? Right. Um. I guess playing for Australia is always going to be the top. Um, so if I can do that in all three formats for as long as possible, um, that'll be, you know, very cool. Um, I don't know if that will happen um, ever, but that's, I guess, a good goal to have that I probably most female cricketers in the game at the moment do have that as well. So, um, yeah, look, ultimately that, and then probably winning a World Cup, um, you know, seeing the girls win the World Cup um, last year, or 2020, whenever it was, um, that was an unreal moment and, um, you know, to see the the joy and, and 
pure elation that they had after that final. Um, that was definitely their goal and something that I would love to be a part of one day. It looked, yeah, unreal. Australia's triumphant women's cricket team is still celebrating after claiming the T20 World Cup final at a packed MCG. The victory was the most watched women's sporting event in history and they capped it off with a once-in-a-lifetime party with pop superstar Katy Perry. Did you go to that game? I did. I was in the crowd, yeah. I I had so much fun. I think that, that was probably one of the best days of my life, honestly. I had so much fun just watching and especially having Katy Perry after there at the concert. That was um, also really cool. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, uh, that, that concert kind of turned me on to Katy Perry a bit there. I had a bit of a period of listening to a fair few of Katy Perry's songs. She's got some good ones. Yeah, me too. I sort of, um, I didn't really listen to her music too much um, before that concert. But then after that, um, yeah, I think I was the same. I was listening to it all the time. Yeah, that, that concert was seriously like so good. It's probably one of the best concerts I've been to. It was, it was, yeah, it awesome. was. Yeah. 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 And hot, hot and cold as well. What, what a bagger. I, I remember she performed yeah. that, the MasterChef theme song, of course. Yeah. I said I was going to ask yeah. deep questions, but the, the, that, this is the important <laughs> stuff. Katy Perry, what yeah. a legend. No, I agree. Yeah, I really, I feel like that happens with concerts. Once you see someone live, you just um, love all their music. So, yeah, I think I've blasted a lot of her songs for the following two weeks or however long. Um, it was very cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I went to that game with my dad and my mate, and it took a bit of time for Katy Perry to set up the stage. Well, not Katy Perry herself, but for the people to set up the stage and all that. So my mate, he, he left after like half an hour, and I've never <gasps> let him forget about that. It was, oh, absolutely <gasps> shocking. Oh, no. He's missed out. He's missed he, out big he, he time. He has missed out big time, big time. I bet he's very, very jealous of me. So hello, uh, Xavier, if you're listening to the show. But were, were you like mates Xavier. with anyone? In, yeah, Xavier, I know. Were you mates with anyone in that team that won that World Cup final? Um, I'm pretty good friends with Ash Gardner. Um, we gave along well, so um, I, I think I may have signaled to her on the field, you know, after congratulations <laughs> or whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, look, um, obviously, you know, good friends with most of the girls there now. So uh, it was really cool to see and, yeah, I think they had a lot of fun after they won that game. <laughs> Oh, rightly so. I bet they would have had a lot of fun, exactly. But I, I promise some deep questions. I'm going to just kind of get off the Katy Perry just for a sec. I asked what you wanted to kind of achieve in your career. Uh, and I know you've got kind of stuff on the side and you're going to do stuff after cricket, obviously. So a bit of a deep one here, uncharacteristic for this podcast, maybe. But what, what do you kind of want to have achieved in life by the time uh, you get a bit older and maybe 70 or 80 years old? Wow. Okay. That is deep. Um, I guess I haven't really thought about that too much. I'm kind of like living in the moment, I guess you could say at the moment, but um, yeah, look, I guess I sort of just want to be a good person. Is that sort of something, I guess, you know, I, I want to be remembered, you know, as someone who, who looked out for other people and, you know, who cared for other people. So very simple, but um, yeah, at the moment I'm sort of happy if that's sort of all I achieve, if I'm just looking out for other people. Um, you know, there's obviously bigger things that I could do, setting up charities and foundations and all that stuff to help other people. But, yeah, look, I guess if I'm doing anything I can to help other people, um, I'm going to be pretty happy and living a pretty good life. Stella Campbell Foundation has a nice little ring to it. If you made your own <laughs> foundation, what do you reckon you'd be supporting? Um, oh, this is a good one. Um Probably something in youth, youth, um, 
youth, something for the youth. I like youth people, so <laughs> something like that. Um, I'm not something entirely for the youth. sure. Okay, um, that, that's fair enough. I have that's to fair put enough. some work into my foundation. That's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as all the listeners know, we've just made a website for where do we begin. So if you want a hand with setting up the Stella Campbell Foundation's website, I'm here for you. I'll, I'll do that. No okay. worries at all. Uh, <laughs> all but, right, that might have to be it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but you, you've had so many highlights in your life so far. You spoke about that uh, World Cup final that you went to being one of the best days of your life. Is there a kind of moment that you remember now and you feel you might be telling your grandkids about in, I don't know, 50, 60 years' time? Um, At that game or in general? Oh, just in general, in anything, with your yeah. career, with that game, absolutely anything. Um, I'd say probably probably my Australian debut that that first game, um, the ODI. It was yeah pretty hard to beat that. Um, obviously, you know the Test debut was really cool as well, and owning a baggy green. That's probably something that I'm never going to lose, and I'm going to have with me for my whole life. Um, hopefully, so yeah, I think you know stepping out and playing for Australia is a pretty unreal moment. I think you know anyone who's ever done it is probably going to agree with me and, and say it's a pretty unreal feeling to be able to walk out there and represent your country. Um, I think, you know, I think I had tears in my eyes when we were singing the anthem um, just because of how surreal it felt. And um, yeah, I was out there. I think I was next to my my good friend, Hannah Darlington. And I, I think I may have looked at her and, and yeah, just almost started crying because of how happy I was um, to be there and how proud um, to be able to sing that um, and walk out there and, and represent my country. It's, yeah, definitely something that I'll, I'll hopefully tell tell the grandkids about one day. <laughs> totally. And I've got no doubt that Jimmy was standing up off the couch with tears in his eyes singing the anthem <laughs> as well at that very same moment. Uh, but where, where do you keep your baggy green, actually? Do, do you um, always have it kind of take it out with you, everything like that? Yeah, I've I've carried it. I carried it with me um, for the for many weeks after, but um, I've actually sent it back home now. So it's oh. it's back home with um, with my family, and they're they're taking good care of it. Well, there has been some chaos around Australia Post recently, so who knows what could happen to yeah. that baby green? It, geez, I, I hope it gets home safe. That's all I'll say. I, I really hope yeah. that it gets home to Jimmy and uh, your mum and may, maybe uh, Casey, is it your sister? Hope it. Yes, hope Casey, they all yeah. see it very, um, yeah. very safely. Yeah, no, it's it's home safe now. Um, I've I've received evidence, so I'm, I'm glad about that. Um, but I know that they're, they're going to be taking good care of it. I think my dad will... Um, be wearing it, um, if not looking at it every second of the day. <laughs> <laughs> totally. He's probably framed it on the wall already if Australia Post hasn't stolen it from him. But I just yeah, realised we've probably. given a shout out to your sister and your dad. Have you got a mum? Or, well, obviously, have you got <laughs> mum? What's your mum's name? And have you got any other siblings? <laughs> yeah, um, my mum's name's Monica. Um, she hasn't been too much of a cricket tragic, but she's um, gotten into it more recently um, and she enjoys watching it. So, um, yeah, it's just us two, us two um, my sister, me, and mum and dad um, and my family. But, um, yeah, everyone sort of has gotten around cricket. I think um, dad's convinced them to watch most games. So, um yeah, they enjoy it now. Well, again, big shout out to Monica. And if Jimmy has worked out the iPhone, like I said before, <laughs> he's very much welcome on the podcast because I, I bet he'd be an entertaining fella to talk to. But <laughs> yeah. one one final question that we always ask at the end of every episode, uh, and I know you're only 19 and uh, I, I probably wouldn't know what to answer to this question being around the same age as you, but have you got like a life philosophy, any quotes or anything like that that you live by and kind of let guide your decisions? 
Um, a quote. I don't. I don't have a quote as such. It doesn't have to be um, a quote. Just like a life philosophy, anything like that. Yeah, I guess. Or, or nothing. Um, Fair enough. If you got. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I guess I. I like to live my life. I guess with a smile on my face. Um. I like to enjoy everything that I do, and I think if I have a smile on my face, um, I'm I'm having a good day, and and I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So, um. Yeah. I guess as much as I can, just smile and enjoy it. Um. That's what I would say to, to most people out there um, in their life or in cricket or wherever it is. Um, if you're, you're smiling, you know, you, you know you're having a good time. Well, you've made me smile throughout this podcast. I hope you made some of the listeners smile as well. And the smiles are going to keep on going through the, to the end of this podcast because, of course, it's time for our favourite segment with a special guest, the Where Do We Begin quiz. And I'll hit the music. And, of course, I mentioned that we've got a very special guest. It's Stella. Uh, it's your teammate, Lauren Cheadle, joining us for the Where Do We Begin quiz. Of course, Lockie's not here, so you need another person to go up against. So, Lauren, Stella, I'll tell you how this works. I've got five questions. These five questions all have some kind of loose, vague connection to Stella and her career. Uh, it's very loose, very vague. And your name is your buzzer, so buzz in with Lauren or Stella. And, uh, yeah, see how it goes. You guys ready to go? Great, yeah. sounds good. If you don't win this, <laughs> they're about you. Okay, we're ready. Okay, we'll start with uh, question one, of course. So I believe, Star, you were born on the 15th of June, 2002. Another event that happened on the 15th of June, 2002, there was a martial artist and a South Korean army general. He was called uh, Choi Hong-hee. He died of cancer at the age of 83, this guy Choi Hong-hee. Which Olympic sport is he regarded as the founder of South Korean martial artist and army general? Do we get multiple choice? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh, he's a martial artist. He's South Korean and it's an Olympic sport. Stella. Stella. Judo? Judo is incorrect. Oh. Lauren, you want to have a shot? <laughs> I feel so dumb. Um, what's the other one? <laughs> Stella. Uh, Stella, you can't buzz in again until Lauren <laughs> gets it wrong or gets it right. But Lauren, do you want do you want to have a stab or just? What did you say? Judo, sumo wrestling. Sumo wrestling is incorrect again. Mm. I'm afraid, Stella. I mean, you can buzz in if Stella? you want. Yeah. Okay. Um, taekwondo. Taekwondo is absolutely correct. Yeah. Stella Campbell on one point, one nil up. Yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to question two. Very nicely done, Stella. This uh, question two is the closest to the pin question, and uh, Stella and I were talking about before how her nickname on Wikipedia is the Aussie Dixie, uh, referring to Dixie D'Amelio. So closest to the pin, how many likes does Dixie D'Amelio have on TikTok? Oh, Stella's a TikToker. <laughs> Stella? Stella? Uh, two billion? Two billion is incorrect, but it's close to the So you still could get it. Lauren, do you want to have a shot? I reckon it's more than that. So two billion and one. Two billion and one uh, is closer because it is 3.1 billion. Level the scores. Nicely done. Lauren. Okay, we'll move we'll move on to question three. It's one all. Very tight contest we've got here. So this third question, I'm gonna read the lyrics to the song that was number one 
uh, on your ninth birthday, the 15th of June, 2011. Very significant date, that one. So this was number one in Australia on the 15th of June, 2011. And you can just buzz in anytime you want uh, when I read out these lyrics. So I'm going I'm to skip the kind of start of it because it gives it away a bit, but I'll go from the first verse. In the club, party rock. Looking for your girl, she on my jock, huh? Non-stop when we in the spot. Booty moving weight like she on the block. Woo. Where the drank, I got to know. Tight jeans, tattoo, because I'm rock and roll. Stella. Stella. Party rock anthem? Party rock anthem is absolutely correct. Yes! <laughs> do you, do you know nice. who it's by? Do you know who it's by? Uh, Red- Renfrew? Yeah, well, LMFAO, uh, which is his band, absolute su- superstar band there, up up there with Katy Perry, like we were talking about before, I reckon. Yeah. We love it. Um, nicely done. 2-1 up. Uh, you, you much of a fan of uh, Renfrew and his crew? Uh, not really, but I remember that one line, um, tight jeans, for some reason. That, that rang a bell. Um, nine-year-old Stella. Yeah. Loved it. Lauren, what about you? Much of a fan? Um, they used to play one of their songs before we run out mm. for the Sixers, oh. so we probably should have got that yeah. earlier. <laughs> that, but. There you go. Bit of a connection there. But uh, we'll move on to question four. So uh, there's a woman who goes by the name of Angela Merkel. She had been the leader of her country for 16 years but chose not to run in the federal election of this country on the 26th of September this year, which was the date of your ODI debut, Stella. Which country is Angela Merkel from and uh, still technically the leader of? Stella. Quite a a big, prominent country, Stella. Germany? Germany. You were kind of – I saw you were going to start that word with a G there and you've got it absolutely right. Germany is correct and you have gone 3-1 up. (laughs) On fire. Yeah. On fire. International politics. It was the. Um, I actually have a bit of German heritage. My grandmother's German, so um, <laughs> that's why you knew that. <laughs> Run, runs in your blood. Runs in your blood. Uh, we'll move yeah. on to. We'll move on to question five. It's the last question, but Lauren is still in with a shot because this last question is a "Who am I?" question, and I'm going to give you clues, starting off with a five-point clue, going all the way down to a one-point clue. Uh, You can buzz in when you want, five-point, four-point clue, whatever. But once you buzz in and get it wrong, you can't buzz in again until the other person uh, bombs out and gets it wrong. So start with a five-point clue. Lauren, you need to get three points to win this thing outright for five points. I was born on the 16th of August, 1962, to parents Harriet and Edwin in Concord, Massachusetts in the United States of America. Bit, bit tricky from there. Five-point clue is always a bit tricky, so we'll move on to the four-point clue. I played ice hockey, lacrosse, and an instrument called the Fife while in high school before going to Denison University where I joined an improv comedy troupe called Burpee's Seedy Theatrical Company. <laughs> move on to the three-point clue. We, um, we make the first couple really hard. Uh, probably a bit unfair. Yeah, but have, no pressure. Together. Uh, for the three-point clue, yeah, If you, unless you want to take it to a tie break, you've got to get it here or we might call it a super over uh, with the cricket theme in this podcast. But for the three-point clue, I received the 2,570th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in 2016, have lent my voice to movies including Over the Hedge, Horton Hears a Who and Despicable Me, 
and was nominated for Best Actor at the 2015 Oscars. I'm no good with actors. No, no. We're going to have to move on. <laughs> <laughs> Lauren, do you want to have a shot to win it outright or do you want to go for two points and try to force a super over tiebreak type situation? Can I ask what those movies were again? Uh, yeah, the movies, uh, Over the Hedge, Horton Hears a Who and Despicable Me and was also nominated for Best Actor in 2015 at the Oscars. 1962, how would that make you? Uh, he's, he's 59. He? He? he. <laughs> oh, I've, I've given away a clue there. I probably shouldn't have. He, he is 59 years old, yeah. And he and th- we haven't revealed the uh, the link to Stella yet, so there's some kind of link to Stella Campbell, some very vague link. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. No, right, Shall I move on to two-point clue? Please. Okay, sure. So for two points, movie characters I've played include Evan Baxter, Brick Tamland, Andy Stitzer, and John Ulithir... DuPont. I don't know any of those characters. <laughs> terrible. He is 15 something. I don't even know what any of those characters are from. Oh do, do you want to have a, like a wild stab at someone who could be like connected to Stella in some way just to force a tiebreaker? <laughs> No idea. Come on. Well, Stella, you could go as well. You claim a big ring if you get it here. I don't want to have to get out. I am nowhere near answering this question. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I would have no clue. Um, This is terrible. I think we're going to have to move on. Okay, we'll move on. That means Stella's claimed the win. Uh, I'll play the little victory music after this clue, but for one point, uh, it doesn't really matter anymore, but I'm perhaps most known for playing Michael Scott in a sitcom that ran from 2005 to 2013. We're so bad at this. Wow, okay. Okay, This I thought this guy was fairly well known. Usually the one-point clue totally gives it away. It's probably bad quiz writing on my part. Uh, oh, okay, I'll give I'll give you another clue. Obviously, it's an actor, and his initials are S C. Oh, same initials. Ah. Stephen. Oh. What was that answer? Sorry, Long. What's his name? <laughs> Steve Carell. Is that his name? Steve Carell is absolutely correct. But, oh, but unfortunately, you've left it too little, too late. So play the victory music for Stella. Very nicely done. Uh, any, anyone you'd like to dedicate that win to? Anything like that, Stella? Very well done. Um, well, probably, probably my friends and family at home. They've, you know, taught me everything I know um, so far. So I'm grateful for them. Yep. Massive shout out to the Campbell clan. And that just about wraps us up for the show. Uh, if anyone's interested, Stella, you're going to be doing a takeover on the Instagram story at WDWBpod on Tuesday tomorrow. So keep an eye out for that one. Guys, Lauren, thank you very, very much for joining us on the quiz. Kind of saving the day here in the absence of Lockie due to that uh, power outage, which is a bit unfortunate. Uh, uh, so Lauren, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I didn't I got one question right, so I was definitely a passenger, but 
I'm glad I could give Stella the win today because okay. it's all you got the TikTok question, and that, that's perhaps the most important question in this whole podcast. So well done to you on that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Give yourself a pat on the back. There you go. And Stella, thank you very, very much for joining me on this episode of the show. It's been an absolute pleasure. No worries. Thanks so much, Harper. Thanks for having me. I really, really enjoyed it. In the club, party rock. Looking for your girl? She on my jock. Can't stop when we in the spot. Booty moving weight like she on the block. Where the drank? I got to know. Tight jeans, tattoo, because I'm rock and roll.